welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. Hey guys, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Joel, and we got a great episode of Key vs. the World today. And I got my dog uh, Steven with me, and we got a lot to talk about. You know, whether if it was about this amazing win from the Heat against the Celtics or the trade deadline coming up, we got so much to talk about. And I'm just kind of ready to roll with it, man. But first, I feel like we got to talk about the Celtics game since this was very recent. And let's just kind of dive into it. Um, So in case y'all did not remember, I mean, I don't know how y'all couldn't because what a game, man. Even though Jimmy Butler didn't play, the Heat went out and they beat the Celtics. And it was just overall a great game, you know. It was kind of a weird one, too, because you had this man, Haywood Highsmith, making a couple clutch threes in that fourth quarter. And out of anyone who could possibly save you in a game, Haywood Highsmith was not the person I was thinking of. So if you had that on your bingo card, um, you can scratch that off. So... That was something interesting, but the night belonged to Edris, Edris Adebayo because the man played amazing. You know, y'all, y'all look at that man's stats, 30 points, uh, I believe 15 rebounds, just to name a few. Like, the man was all over the place, and it was just great to see. You know, obviously, you know, we know how it is with the critics. You know, they always come after them talking about, oh, he ain't this, he ain't that. Oh, Robert Williams is so much better than him, all this other crap. And for him to go out there and show the world why he is that guy and why people are so dumb for thinking the way how they think about him, it's just such a great thing to see. And it definitely boosts up the all-star propaganda for him, especially if you're outside that um, post-game interview. Like, the man just wants to go to Salt Lake City, and I really hope we can make that happen. But overall, man, it was just such a really good game to see. You know, from start to finish, it was entertaining. And overall, like, I just hope the Heat can continue to keep winning these games, you know? Like, we're 27 and 22. We're still the sixth seed. So while these wins do look nice, we still got a lot of crying and how, – how do I say this? Crying and scratching that we got to do before we can get to where we need to be. But, you know, looking back on this game specifically, it was a good one. And, Steven, I just want to know how you feel about it. So I didn't really get to catch most of the game. I did get to catch the second half, though. And I will say this. Fourth quarter clamps. Miami just, oh, man. So when I was keeping up with the game, I was seeing that we were down. I was actually like, oh, wow, we're going to get blown out. Crazy. But then the fourth quarter, I'm watching the fourth, and we absolutely stopped Boston's offense. Our defense, we're a top-ranked defensive team. Our defense is what really clawed us back in there. And I feel, you know, the defensive stops that we were getting later in the game really does fuel uh, the players with some more energy, brings more life to the live crowd. So a lot of people really don't understand home court advantage and why it's such a big thing because it really does matter. It really does get players going. It makes them want to perform more. 
So when you're clamping up one of the, you know, most historic offenses the game has ever seen. Now, granted, I know Boston had a few guys out, but still the fact that throughout the whole game, Miami was down, they were playing catch up pretty much the whole game. The fact they turned things around in the fourth quarter and it helped energize an offense around Bam, like there's nothing more that you can ask for, especially with Jimmy Butler being out. I've been saying this. I believe I said it on the last pod I was on. Bam needs to be the first option for Miami because an aggressive Bam really does get his whole game going. His confidence increases, and he just has such a versatile skill set, and he's perfected um, the post-fade. That little mid-range shot that he gets to a spot in, like that is his bread and butter. An aggressive Bam is a great Bam, and he led us to a win not only on this night on both ends, but uh, I think I saw a stat when he scores 30 points or more, we're 7-1 and one in those games. So shout out, Bam. Shout out Miami as a whole on the defensive end. Right. And, you know, that's a huge stat you bring up because, like, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm pointing any fingers at anyone else, but, you know, it seems like in the past when other guys have stepped up and have 30-point games, you know, there's been a bit of a losing record for them specifically. But, you know, when you have a guy like Bam, you know, go out there and have a good game, like, it just shows how much of an impact not only he can have defensively, but on the on the offense end too. And, you know, overall, like, for this squad, you know, like we said before, it's all about how do you walk away from these wins? Can you continue to use this as momentum? Because in the past, like, Miami is not new to winning these types of games, you know? Whether if it was that other win against Boston, the win against Phoenix, and the win against any other of these good teams that you got in the league. The question is, can we keep it going, you know? Because like I said before, we're only five games above 500, and there's still a lot of work that has to be done. And, you know, one thing is for sure is that we need to make a trade. You know, I know a lot of people have said this on social media, and I do agree, like, we should not let, you know, any of these wins blind us from the fact that there has to be improvements to this team. And I couldn't agree anymore because, while this team looks nice, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say nice, but, you know, they look nice getting these wins at least. Like, while it looks good, we know that the ultimate goal is to win a championship, get that man Jimmy Butler a ring while he is still in the Heat jersey. So if you're Miami, I think the question is, you know, don't you look at your team and you just got to know, like, what do you have to do to get better? And I mean, some of the stuff we see right there, you know, whether if it's needing a new power forward or whatever, like the the things that we have to do to get better is right in front of Miami. And it's just a matter of, you know, can we make those moves? Because my hope and prayer is that we get a sequel to the trade we made back in 2020. To those who don't remember, we went into that trade deadline and we made the big trade that got us um, Andre Guadalla, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. And it was a good move for Miami. We got rid of three players who weren't really doing much for us in Hassan, not Hassan, but um, Dion, James Johnson, and Justice Winslow. You know, they were either injured or they had their other problems. 
We got rid of them, and we got in three guys that ended up being really productive for Miami, and they ended up playing that trade at least ended up playing a key role in why we made it to the finals. So the question is, if you're Miami, you look at the team you have right now, and how do you find a way to convert this into a finals team? And if anyone can do it, I know a lot of people have been on him lately, but I still believe in Pat Riley. I still, I'm still going to have faith in him. You know, I believe that we can get things done the right way. It's just a matter of how. So, like, Steven, I know, like, before we got on the mic today, like, you were mentioning, you know, certain types of deals that he can make. And I just want to know, like, what do you think that he can do to fix this team? You know, like, what is, in other words, what is your idea of that 2020 type trade for the Heat this year? What's the type of trade that you think could play an impact on this team making it to the finals? You know, because one thing, before I have you answer, one thing I just want to mention is that if you look at the past few teams that have made it to the NBA finals from the Eastern Conference, they have all made some sort of major trade that helped take them to the next level and make it to the finals and most likely win the championship. For example, 2019, you have the Raptors. You know, they went out and they made a couple of moves. You know, whether it was getting Mark Gasol, a former All-Star from uh, Memphis, you know, and they made a couple other moves to go along with that team. And that helped them not only make it to the finals, but they won the championship. 2020, the Heat, you know, I already mentioned the Iguodala trade. Then 2021, you have um, Milwaukee. They went and they got P.J. Tucker. And I don't watch, I didn't watch all the Bucks games that year, you know, just the playoff ones because I unfortunately had to. But, and, you know, some of the playoff games too after that. But one thing I will say is that I think it's safe to say that P.J. was basically their third best defender, only being behind Giannis and Drew. I don't know if that's a hot take, but for me, it seemed like that the dude was basically guarding all of the best players from each team throughout that championship run for them. So for 2021, you got the Bucks getting PJ at the deadline. And then 2022, I mean, the Celtics didn't do much, but I guess it's fair to acknowledge the fact that they did get heat killer Derek White, and we know what he did in the playoffs against us. And then in some of these games, he's played against us this year as well. Like, I think he had, like, over 20 points just this other night. So, overall, like, it seems like the trade deadline has always been a huge thing, specifically for these Eastern Conference teams. So, if Miami can just find a way to capitalize on it, then it's a good idea to get your hopes up, you know, because I always want to be optimistic with this team. I always want to believe they can get the job done, and I still believe they can do that. So I know I know, it took me a while to finally get to you on this, but, Stephen, like, what are the improvements that you want to see the Heat make to, you know, get their hopes up or get their chances of, of winning or not only winning, but, you know, just making it to the finals and then potentially winning a championship? Well, you know, I think uh, any moves we make, we we drastically have to improve that front court because right now it's essentially just Bam Adebayo. Uh, Caleb Martin at the four, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to win you a championship. Now, I'm not saying, oh, you know, trade Caleb. You know, I'm not automatically just saying get him off the team. Um, obviously, if the right trade, you know, comes to be Caleb Martin, you can go. Um 
But that goes for most of the uh, Miami Heat roster. So Bam, Tyler, Jimmy, I would consider them untouchable. Uh, maybe not so much Tyler. Um, Tyler could go for the right price. But, uh, you know, our front court is cooked. Uh, Omer, you're at seven. Who knows when he'll be back. Uh, he's still very raw. Um, Dwayne Dedman, my favorite center of all time. Um, Jeez, man. Yeah, very sad. No, but uh, all jokes aside, Dedman is not cutting it. Um, he was great that first season we brought him in. He was a nice surprise, but he's like what? I think I saw a stat. He's got like the worst plus minus in like the whole NBA. Uh, so Dwayne Dedman has to go. And then for power forward, like we've really had to play guys like Haywood Highsmith, sometimes Jimmy Butler at the four, and those guys are like six six, six seven. Now, small ball, like, here's the thing. I know it's a thing, but, like, we we are just absolutely cooked. We need size. So I was talking to you uh, before the pod started uh, that I wanted to bring in a guy like Kristaps Porzingis. Now, I was actually in the trade machine trying to make things work, and um, the salaries aren't quite matching up. We have a lot of guys on experience contracts. But, you know, easily bringing in more teams – because there hasn't been a lot of action. We've literally seen the one trade, uh, Rui Hachimura going to the Lakers. Like we've seen one trade and one trade only. So I feel teams need to kind of get involved with uh, not only one team, but two teams to kind of get the needle moving around the league. So, you know, um, I threw the idea of, you know, Miami, Washington, Toronto. You got a team in Miami who does have pieces, a lot of expiring pieces. We have some draft uh, picks to uh, throw. You look at a team like the Wizards. They really don't know what they're doing. I feel like they should just enter a rebuild. And then you got the Raptors, who are kind of in no man's land. They have talent, but it's not going anywhere. And uh, they got guys like uh, Siakam and Van Vliet, who are just getting older. So I feel maybe a three-team trade, Miami, Washington, um toronto maybe the you know we can get the needle moving um some guys i uh would love to bring in kind of like low-key moves right kind of like uh like role player type of guys i'm a big thaddeus young fan i would love to bring thaddeus young in as a four maybe like a backup potential starter depending on how that market is really looking overall um i would love to go after a guy like a uh serge Ibaka. Um, I think Serge Ibaka, you know, he's got championship pedigree. Um, I don't really like to agree with people saying certain players are washed. To be fair, um, years back when Serge got his injury, he never really got a fair shake with minutes after that. Now, I'm not saying he's like a, you know, like a prime Serge Ibaka, but I want to go as far as to say he's washed because washed would, you know, indicate, well, he gets the minutes, he just can't produce. Well, this is the opposite. He doesn't get the minutes to produce. And at this point, we all know that he's just a role player. Well, he's been a role player his whole career. And, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, he's he's got to go. I'm a big Kyle Lowry fan, but he's got to go, and he's way too overpaid, like uh, preferably trading him to a contender. And uh, maybe Gabe Vincent potentially in the right trade. Like I've told you guys multiple times, the point guard position is the most stacked position in all of basketball. So if there's like a trade out there that, you know, involves having to give up Lowry 
and Gabe Vincent. Like, honestly, like, it's not going to be that hard to find a replacement for them. We can even put Oladipo at the point guard spot. But, uh, but yeah, Joel, so I know you had some guys as well that uh, you were talking about. I know you mentioned Mo Bamba and uh, Miles Turner earlier in the pod here. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, what are some pieces uh, that you want to see? Like, uh, maybe, like, you know, whether it's, like, a uh, position need or a specific player that you think would fit us. Uh, I'm pretty curious, my man. Man, like, and, you know, so, you know, first thing I want to mention is that, so I see where you're going with the Serge Ibaka thing, and I see where you're going with it. Now, I'm not going to lie. I do have my concerns mainly because of the age and stuff like that. However, the thing is, is that Serge is in a unique situation for Miami's radar because at the end of the day, like, he is, even though you can say, like, like you mentioned, he's not in his prime exactly, he's still a much better center to have on your team than a guy like Dwayne Dedman, you know? Like, Dedman is not getting any minutes right now, but instead our two-way guy is getting those minutes. So that alone just tells you what you need to know. So, you know... At the end of the day, like, I'm not opposed to Serge Ibaka because, like I said, he does seem a lot better than Deadman. But if you have a chance to get someone much better, I think me and you can easily agree that you should go for that first. I f- in other words, I feel like Serge Ibaka should be a last resort for us, you know? Like, if you cannot get anyone else, then that's the guy you go for. Um, well, and also including the fact that you too. can get him on the right price. So you can go ahead. Well, he is a cheap, he's like a really cheap option as well. So you won't ha- really have to give up too, too much. I mean, you know, the wizards basically just got a whole bunch of second round picks for Rui. And then the guy who was pretty much goose egg all season, but yeah, just, uh, you know, surge is very cheap. Right. And, you know, like I said, it could definitely be like a last, like now, now, not a last, but like, you know, one of your final few options where, you know, you're near the deadline, you still haven't been able to address the need and hopefully it doesn't get to that point. But if you're still not able to get anyone that you feel like could fill in that hole that we desperately need to fill in, then I mean, by all means, you could go for surge, but I definitely wouldn't consider him as like, one of my first few options for a big man. But, you know, looking at it, you know, you mentioned, um, like, from what I was saying earlier, like, Mo Bamba, in my opinion, would be a good player to have on the Heat. Because, you know, Miles Turner and all these other guys seem so good to be true as a player on this team. But the thing is, is that they want bags, man. Whether if it's him or getting a four like Kuz, like, these guys are trying to get paid and... I don't know. It's just going to be too tough for Miami to make all that type of stuff happen. So overall, like you get a guy like Mo Bamba. I mean, you're talking about a guy that already got his money, you know, and he's on a cheap deal too, I believe. Right. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he signed an extension, but it wasn't anything too crazy. And, uh, Miles Turner, he's, he's up for a payday, right? Yup. That's crazy. I mean, What's funny about Miles Turner is um, every season, I feel like he says this at some point, he's going to break out. He's going to break out. Well, you know, I'm still looking at my watch. I'm still waiting for that season to happen. 
Right. And, you know, I don't know. I guess he's trying to view himself as a player that's worthy of a Jeremy Grant type deal because, you know, Jeremy Grant is a specific player I look at. And before we go into it, I'm not saying that I necessarily see the Heat training for him, but, you know, he's one of those guys where, like, he's not good enough to be an all-star, but, you know, you and I both know, like, he would be a valuable player to have on your team. And, you know, we see that in the contracts he get. Like, you know, when he signed with Detroit a couple of seasons ago, like, that man got, like, 60 mil on a three-year deal. So, you know, guys like him, you know, I guess that's how Miles Turner kind of views himself. You know, regarding if he is kind of like a Jeremy Grant, I personally wouldn't know about that, you know, when it comes to being that big of a role player for a team to obtain. You know, I mean, you do look at some of the deals that have been going out, like the Lakers potentially giving away the rest of their future and those two first-round picks just to get him and the buddy healed. But, you know, we'll just have to see what happens from there but overall like I'm not getting my hopes up for a guy like Miles because of the potential contract he'll get and then you know I know everyone has had you know the hopes of getting maybe a guy like OG Ananobi but you know it's very obvious that the Raptors want a lot for him a report recently came out that a mystery team came out and offered three first round picks for um OG personally I don't think that's true even if it is, you know, that's crazy. But, you know, a part of me believes that this is basically the Raptors leaking this information out so that, you know, they can get teams to look at that and be like, oh, wow, like if a team was willing to give three first round picks for him, then, you know, I better up my package then if I want to have a chance to get him. So that's just showing how far they're willing to go to get the massive package that they want for him. And overall, like, the big, big names that are out there is going to cost a lot. And I mean, luckily, you know, you look at the Lakers and how much, how very little they had to give for a guy like Roy, and that kind of gets your hopes up a bit. But if Miami can make a good deal, that would be great for one of those guys. But it's something that I'm a little concerned about, you know, and that's why I really look at Mo Bamba because, you know, first of all, I think he's a pretty good shooter. I haven't seen a lot of his highlights, but it's at the point where I just want to big on this team, man. Like, I'm just so tired of everything that I've seen with Dwayne Dedman. And it also doesn't help that Omer got this injury and he's missed a huge part of this season. And I just want to see a big that's actually good. And that might be, that that might sound like a diss, and it, it definitely is, but I just want to have a guy that can go out there and do his thing. And, you know, maybe a guy that can, you know, step in for Bam when he has to go on the bench and play some good minutes. I mean, and it, this is not a shot at Orlando because he's doing the best he can as a two-way player. But, you know, I just want to have a feeling where it doesn't feel like the world is coming to an end the second Bam comes off the floor. Because that's basically what it's been like, you know? I have people tell me, like, I'm in group chats and stuff to talk hoops with other people. And they'll tell me, like, hey, you know, this dude Demon coming into the game. Like, now we getting ready to lose this, you know? And they'll be like, oh, we up 15 and Demon coming in? Oh, okay, it's about to be an eight-point lead for the other team real soon. So, like... I just simply want to have a guy to come on the floor as a big man and provide good minutes 
so that I do not have to worry about the possibility of everything blowing up. That I do not have to have this anxiety within me that things are going to fumble the second so-and-so comes to the floor. So if we could just get that as a center, I feel like that would be great. Having a guy like Miles Turner would be nice or a Kyle Kuzma at the four, you know, but regarding the bigs, I mean, you know, Mo Bamba me, do whatever, just don't overpay. You know, I'm sure Miami's smart enough to realize that. There are a lot of um, fans out there saying that we got to give up a first round pick to get certain players. And I feel like that's a little too insane because I understand we want to get some good talent on this team, but there are specific players out there that I wouldn't just throw a first-round pick away for. So I feel like that's something that we do got to acknowledge. And overall, like, it's kind of hard for me to tell exactly how much I want despite, you know, aside from the bigs and the fours, because at the end of the day, like, it's so tough trying to see who's on the trade market and who's not. You know, I guess if I had to say, I would be interested in seeing some of the other players that a team like Toronto would give up, you know, and I'm still, I mean, I don't know what's up with the Bulls. Are the Bulls still in thinking about maybe blowing that team up or? I would. They're not winning nothing. And they got guys that are aging too. Honestly, so actually one guy, he just came to my mind right now. Joel, how would you feel about Nas Reed on the Heat? Because the Timberwolves, I think I saw a report saying they're not going to sign him to an extension. Nas Reed on the Heat? What do you think? I would low-key take that. You know, I know that's been kind of one of the proposed trade packages that a lot of Heat fans have been making on the trade machine. I think it's like D'Lo and um, Nas Reed for Kyle and maybe a guy like Deadman. I mean, you know what? I'll say it like this. It goes back to what I said earlier about having a center, a big man that can actually go out there and do good in the whatever many minutes he's playing in. So, you know, all I know is that I don't really watch Timberwolves games, but I know Nas Reed always cooks against the Heat. And I know there are a lot of fans out there that wants him, like, I know, um, I've because I follow fans from a lot of other fan bases, and you know, I've I've seen Brooklyn fans want Nas Reed and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess if there are other fan bases that really want this dude like that, then I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a good fit. You know, if the Heat take interest in him, I'm gonna take the hope that they know what they're doing, and you know, hopefully he ends up being a good fit. So. Overall, like I said before, in my opinion, I'd be down with it, assuming that it's for a good package. And like I said, I just want a center that could be good at their position, you know, because keep in mind at the end of the day, like Dwayne Dedman is still on this team and he's going to maybe have to get some minutes soon because as long as Orlando Robinson is on a two-way contract, he cannot play for the full season because of the limitations that a two-way contract has. So, you know, that's it's definitely a need that Miami needs to take care of or they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to play Deadman more minutes unless a guy like Yurt can come back from his injury. And even then, I'm just at a point where I've kind of moved on from Yurt. I really just want to look at if we could get another big and go from there because – I really don't want to give up on any of our players, but, you know, 
I haven't been completely too moved with your, you know, when he first came to the Heat. He had a few good games specifically, you know, when you go back to last year and Bam got injured, but I don't know. With everything going on and him getting injured, and not only the fact that he was also a pretty bit of a slow player when he was playing in games for the Heat, I'm just at a point mentally where, you know, if if they want to keep him as a third string guy, okay. But at this point, you know, I'm I'm kind of ready to move on from him, you know. So if they were to include him in a trade package or whatever, you wouldn't necessarily hear some complaints from my end. But overall, like, I wouldn't be opposed to a Nas Reed type trade. Well, I'm going to defend my man year seven. So, because you know what? When he was going on a tear last year, I think it was like 13 games in a row. And he had double-digit rebounds. Right, and I think Every it, was only, it was only Shaq, rookie Shaq that had done that. Yeah, like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing against your, you know, shout-outs to him because, you know, we don't really got any Indian players in the league, but he looks kind of Indian, so I feel the need to root for him, even though he's actually he's, Turkish. He's not Indian, right? No, yeah, he's, he's, he's Turkish. Yeah, he's from Turkey, so... You know, well, you know what, you still, guys did have, um, you had Tim Boulard to represent you guys, though. That's true, and I heard he cooked Dwight Howard the other day, so shout out to him. Yo, Tim Boulard to the heat, let's go. That's a big yo. boy right there. You <laughs> need some size. Tim Boulard, come down to Miami. We'll get you yo. in shape. Yo, that's true, man. The perfect um, backup big for them. So let's make that happen, Miami. Let's get on the phone, you know, hit up the Chinese team he's on, and let's make it happen. But, <laughs> but you know, going back to all this, I mean, overall, it's just going to be really interesting to see what the Heat ends up doing. I mean, hopefully we'll get some more legit reports coming out. And I can't emphasize the word legit enough because I feel like every day we hear these reports that honestly we shouldn't we honestly shouldn't even be believing you know oh Miami is interested in this guy they're interested in that guy okay we get it but are we legitimately after them you know because we see those tweets from NBA Central and all these other basketball accounts that are out there and like if I have to hear from these insiders who I have who I don't even know who they are like I'm just gonna lose it because unless it's someone that's you know here in South Florida you know an actual person that has sources with the team you know or if it's a guy like Wilger Shams I mean that's when I'll really listen but at this point I feel like we've heard so much that I've just gotten so exhausted with it but like I just want to know, like before we close it out and before we officially end the trade deadline convo, um, at least for today's episode, because you know we'll talk about this more in the next episode. Like, is there any other needs in your opinion that you think we should address? Um, I would love to have a really decent uh wing player to come off the bench because I really don't want Caleb Martin to be our power forward in the long term. But, like, he's going to have to be if we don't really make a move. So, like, if you look at our bench right now, uh, Struess would be that wing player. But Struess is also very streaky. Like, I just want a solid, solid wing player that can do everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what? my mic cut out. Um, Yeah, but, like, a solid all-around wing guy. Like, um, someone like a Nick Batum type of player. 
like Nick Batum could kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, I want that jack of all trades wing player to come off the bench, kind of initiate anything you really need him to. Like you need him to score, got you. You need him to set people up, got you. Good defense, I mean, got you. So I just gotta quickly say though, because like this the second um old person we've mentioned on today's episode, I don't really want to rely too much on like the old guys specifically. I feel like Batum would probably be a last resort too because the thing oh, no, is I'm saying like a uh, player like him, not not right, not Nick Batum, but like a player with like his type of skill set. Got you. Yeah, because, you know, I got PTSD from a couple seasons ago when we invested all of that hope into Trevor Ariza, made him the starting power forward and everything. And he did good in that regular season. But y'all know what happened next in the playoffs. Like, that man yeah. was out here getting demolished by Giannis. And I just cannot have an, put my faith into another old player just so they can get destroyed by a guy like Giannis, Joel Embiid, or whoever we might end up facing in the playoffs. So, you know, that they just they, the, the name of an old person just kind of shook me for a second. So, so you hey, got Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza, yeah. if you're listening to this, you are not a heat legend, my friend. You are not a heat legend, my friend. <laughs> But, you know, and like I said, man, overall, it's just going to be really interesting to see what the Heat is going to do because there's so many ways in which they can take this team to. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Pat Riley thinks, what Andy Ellsberg and their whole squad has in mind. So, you know, I know a lot of people have been hesitant in doing so, but we finna trust in Pat Riley and hopefully he knows the way. Because I know it's been a frustrating past few months of not seeing the Heat make any sort of move. Um, the last time we did make a move was almost two years ago when we traded for Oladipo, I believe. I know, well, technically there was the sign and trade, but, you know, that's, I don't, I don't necessarily count that because Kyle um, wanted to come to Miami and, you know, we didn't have the cap space, so we had to do it like that. So really, if you think about it, our last actual trade was almost two years ago with depot coming to miami so hopefully that drought finally comes to an end and hopefully it's a good move because like i said you know you look at these past few teams that made it to the finals from the eastern conference you know they did some sort of big trade that you know helped propel them further to make it to that point so hopefully for miami they end up getting into that situation that they can find that ideal trade package that could work wonders for them when the time comes. But aside from that, I feel like we've talked so much about, you know, the trade deadline, and we're getting really close to it, so I can't wait to cover that even more. But, you know, back to the Miami Heat. You know, Well, I mean, we've been talking about the Miami Heat for this whole pod, but, you know, back to focusing on this team we have now, you know, we got a lot of games headed our way, specifically this game against Orlando. And I just want to know, um, Steve, like, what do you expect from the Heat in this game? And um, while we at it, who do you think is going to be the random scrub Heat killer? Because we know someone is going to go out there and have 30 points against us tomorrow. Um, so I think we're going to get destroyed just um... – by their front court because like when I was uh, taking a look at their roster, so I'm gonna name the big men on their team: um, Bol Bol, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Mo Wagner, 
and uh, what's his name? Oh yeah, Mobamba. So those are like you know seven foot plus guys right there. The Heat's tallest guy, well, our center is is Bam. So uh, I feel like we're just gonna get absolutely cooked by their front court. But um, a random scrub to go off against us. Um, I I want to call him a scrub, but Terrence Ross has a pretty good track record against us. So uh, Terrence Ross will be my pick. You know, I just got to say, the fact that man is still on the Magic is insane. It's probably about as crazier as um as crazy as um Eric Gordon being on the Rockets. But, you know, for me personally, you know, I don't even know half the players on the Magic. So my apologies if my random scrub heat killer isn't even on the team anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to be um Chuma Okiki. I don't know if he's on the team still, but I remember um, him cooking us a couple seasons ago. Um, I don't know if he's still on the squad, but that's going to be my pick for the random scrub heat killer. And do the heat get the job done? I, I don't, you know, it's crazy because this is a magic team that has been beating a lot of really good teams, you know. The Celtics had lost to the Magic, you know, the game before losing to the Heat. And they've beaten some other good teams as well. So I wouldn't be, you know, I don't want us to lose. And you know what? I'm going to say we find a way to keep on winning. And hopefully it's like that. Because like I said, I know we have this track record of losing a game that we should have won after winning a really big game. So hopefully that is not the case um after this one and we'll just see what happens from there. And you know, before we wrap it up, I might have to edit this um halfway into the pod. But you know, I gotta do it right now while we still got some time left. Um four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 203 bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays, take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout, and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. And, you know, it's going to be some two good games for the NFL coming up. If I had to pick, I'm going to say... You know what? I'm just going to pick the, you know what? I really want to go with the Bengals, but I just do not like um Eli Apple. So I might just have to go with the Chiefs. So I got the Chiefs and then the Eagles beating, um who was it? The 49ers. So Chiefs and uh, Eagles, that's going to be my prediction. Do you have a prediction of your own, um Steven? Um, I'm not really a football guy. <laughs> All right, just just name two random teams then out before I just mention. Uh probably uh Bengals. All right, and one more. Um Eagles. There you have it. So the Bengals and Eagles are Steven's pick. So <laughs> um download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 203 bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And that's basically about it. So, you know, going back into the Heat, 
you know, hopefully they can get this win, you know, get a winning streak going. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. You know, like we said um, earlier, there's only 39 games left, a lot of basketball left to be played. And, you know, hopefully we can really get something going. Like, is there any words of wisdom, advice that you'd like to share with Heat Nation, Stephen? Because I know they have been uneasy since the very, well, not even the start of the season, but ever since we missed out on Donovan Mitchell. So do you have any words of wisdom for Heat fans as we get ready for what's potentially going to be, you know, a nerve-wracking next couple weeks? Yes, I do, actually. Heat Nation, last year, we were considered contenders. This year, we are not looking too hot. Well, you know what? Last year, the Boston Celtics, they were they were the exact same way we are this year. But then they turned it up in the second half, and then guess what? They beat your Miami Heat's ass in the conference finals. We can do the same thing to them and any other team we want this year. We're 7-3 and three in our last 10. We're currently on a two-game winning streak. And we're getting Jimmy Butler back. We're starting to find our groove. Don't listen to people saying that he can't do it. That he can't do it. Well, you know what? We couldn't make the finals in 2020. We did that. We couldn't go on a deep playoff run last year. We did that. Literally one shot away from another finals appearance. The media hates us. The casual fan hates us. The hardcore fans probably hate us too. But we keep exceeding expectations we're we're gonna rise up amen stand up amen amen man hey man you have me yeah you have me feeling like i was in church i just had to keep saying amen like the pastor like the people be doing as the pastor keeps speaking man like yes sir (laughs) like you know you almost made me tear up like hopefully we do turn things around you almost had me a little upset the fact that you brought up the fact that the celtics beat us but you know just you were uh, able just to... motivation purposes you know just for motivation <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean you were able to turn it back to a positive note so shout outs to you for that but you know i i basically couldn't have said it any better you know <clears throat> i know some people have had this fear that you know, everyone looks at what the Celtics did last year, and because they've had slow starts, they believe that they can turn things around. But I truly believe maybe the Heat can do something similar to that. And it all starts with the trade deadline because, truth be told, like, I love our team, but, you know, right now this squad is not going to cut it. So I feel like this trade deadline is going to be really huge probably going to be about as big as the one we had a couple years ago in that 2021 season. Hopefully the difference is, is that we won't have the same result come playoff time like that season has specifically. But overall, you know, we're going to have so much coverage for that. And before we wrap it up, you know, just thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And Steven, would you like to tell everyone your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Steven Gets Buckets. So that is Steven Gets B-K-T-S on Twitter. 
Yes, sir. And make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all platforms at HVTW Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. And make sure to just check out all of our stuff. You know, we're trying to get active on all the platforms possible. You know, we're going to have so much coverage, especially with this trade deadline coming soon. And all we know is we're either going to be really happy if the Heat do make a move or we're going to be extremely depressed if the Heat do nothing. But still, it's going to be fun. You get to watch this potentially cry or be happy. So it's definitely something that you do not want to miss. Make sure to check out all of our shows. We got Biscayne Breakdown coming back real soon on the YouTube channel. Culture Shock, the girls will be working on something. And hopefully we can get a project out with them real soon as well. And it's just going to be fun. So, you know, we got um, these past, these few 39 games left for the Heat. Hopefully it'll be fun. And hopefully it won't make us depressed like some of these games that we had to sit through for the first half of the season. But y'all know the Miami Heat will never make it easy for us because we've, we've watched enough games. But... You know, overall, it is what it is. We're going to ride with this team no matter what. So until next time, y'all, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. And until next time, y'all, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.